0: I didn't know what I didn't know, and I decided I had to sell it. I could have kept that, knowing what I know, what I learned through Vodacy, and the numbers would have worked, because I could have made so much more revenue off of that than I knew at the time. Hi, I'm Wyatt. And I'm Grace. And you're listening to Our Dad and your host of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast.
1: What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Sean Moore, and I am really excited. These are always my favorite types of episodes. We've got an interview with Mr. Eric Young. Eric, thanks for joining us. Another short-term rental experienced investor diving into this game, sharing sharing, like the ups and downs, the real-time information about what it takes to succeed in this market. So, Eric, thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, thanks for having me happy to yeah, share.
1: Absolutely. I'm really, I love these conversations. We just always, you know, it's just always an open book of, and and like I said, on the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast, real, our goal is to really help people walk into this game with their eyes wide open. It's what we're trying to do at Odyssey. And so having these conversations and where other people can kind of eavesdrop on these conversations through the podcast of what that journey was like. And so Eric, I always like to start with, you know, tell us a little bit about where you're from, the background, and then ultimately what got you interested in short-term rental investing in the first place?
0: Yeah, I am from denver colorado and i uh, started flipping houses full-time about 10 years ago and i, I was a robert kiyosaki guy I read his books and was on the path of flip houses take the money i save buy rentals do the Burr strategy try to build up that rental portfolio and i was down that path and COVID hit And one of my renters on a property I had bought way back in uh, 2008 got himself in uh, a bind. He was a a family. He'd been in that property for like six years straight, never had problems with him, seemed like great people. But uh, he was a chef and apparently he lost his job when he was non-essential and everything shut down. So he turned to selling drugs and did it out of my house and got (laughs) caught for it. And uh, the city of Denver decided that they wanted to be my partner moving forward to help me screen future tenants, like a a new program in Denver. And I didn't want anything to do with the city of Denver being my new partner in my rental property. Right. So I I told them, look, I flip houses. I don't want anything to do with what you're talking about. I'm just going to sell it. I had to 1031 exchange it because of how much I had depreciated it. And so I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go with the money. And I decided I wanted to get some money out of Colorado. Just I didn't like how things were kind of unfolding through the COVID years within in Colorado. So uh, my wife and I, and we have three kids, wanted to find a spot where we could buy a vacation rental property and visit and and have that that property to always go back to. And so we visited a few different places and ended up landing on uh, the Keys to. To buy a property
1: that's awesome Uh, yeah and and so it's interesting how you kind of navigate through different things and obviously you're a seasoned investor in the the fix and flip space that's what you've been doing full time for for over 10 years that's that's in in all is that all in colorado where you are you is that mainly where the business is you do do you fix and flip anywhere else
0: no just a hundred percent right right around the Denver metro area.
1: Nice. Yeah. And so, but diving into a different asset class, right? And, and figuring yeah. out, okay, what do we want to do? We kind of landed on short-term rentals. We kind of figured, okay, we want to own a property that we can go visit and use. You got the mountains in Colorado that, you know, you, you guys gravitated toward the the warm weather in, in the Florida Keys and uh, ultimately decided that's where we wanted to start to build that portfolio, right?
0: Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I intended on buying a house that already existed because of the 1031 exchange deal. Yeah. But I got outbid on a property that was a new build. And the person... It, through that, I met the builder, the, the guy who built the one that I got outbid on and decided that I would rather buy a lot and build a new property. And because the house I sold in Denver was 500000 and the lot there was four eighty. And because I paid myself a commission to get it to quite, you know, to work right. So that the lot was actually worth more than the house here. So I was able to 1031 into the lot. And I built a brand new property there in the keys. When the when
1: was the when was the lot purchase? And then take us through kind of the, the build job decision and, and the time frame on the build job, because that's something that a lot of a lot of new investors are thinking, should I buy existing, should I buy a value add where I buy like a fixer upper, or should I build a property? And you know, it's pros and cons to everything. Mm-hmm. And especially, you know, maybe navigate through that because in a 1031, a lot of times people are like, I can't, I can't do the build job, but even you can. But you still have some timeframes to complete that property, right? It's got to be be completed in a yeah. certain time frame. But it, where where your lot purchase, where it was going to be an investment, and that covered the basis, there was probably some different timeframes that that didn't apply, right?
0: Yeah, because the lot was so expensive. Just yeah. purchasing the lot checked the box, but I would have been um, in big. I would have been in a big problem if I wouldn't have finished building the house and then uh, showed that I at least intended on keeping it as a a rental R- rental yeah yeah it had yeah. to it
1: yeah. had to be putting it back into a, an investment property right
0: it, yeah exactly
1: yeah. Yeah, for sure, and so so let, let's talk a little bit about those timeframes because, and you know, because I you know I think that that's something that's a question for a lot of people is you know you're in Denver, you're building a home in the Keys. There's there's definitely some things to, uh, to navigate that are challenges when when you're building a property from that far away.
0: Yeah, it, I think I closed on the lot in late 2021, like uh, probably around November, and it took me all the way till June of 2022 before I had permit in hand and uh you're ready to break ground i finished july 22 okay. and and then i was able to sell the property by the end of 22 2022 and i closed on it like january 10th 2023 okay um, yeah, To sell it. I guess I, I need to fill in the gap there. I planned on right. keeping it, but there was two things that changed on me in the middle of that process that I did not see coming, which kind of disrupted everything. Uh, interest rates went way, 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 way up from yep. you know when I started to end it. And, and when I started this, when I bought the lot, I wanted to use... Uh, I want to say it's HomePath. There, anyway, there's a loan product that lets you... Uh, lock in the 30 year fixed rate on a construction project before you even break ground. And I was trying to get approved for that. And they took, they just got rid of the loan product. Like I was a week away from being locked in at three and a half percent on the full one and a half million. And I I got a rug pull on that one. So. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so we're in a pickle, right? We can't find, we can't get the long-term financing on a job that, or a build job. We're finished with it. We're finished with the property. And so we're almost forced at this stage without figuring out how to get long-term financing on it. We've got to sell the property. And so that was, so this okay. was, this was the, the, that, that was kind of the first decision was are we weren't planning on selling it, but we couldn't get, am I reading that right? We couldn't yeah. get the long-term financing.
0: There, there were two problems that hit me. One of them was the the rug pull on that long term financing? Which so then I knew I was swimming naked, so to speak, through the whole yeah. construction, just watching rates, like wishing there's right. something right. I could do about it. Nothing I could do. So that one ran away from me. But then the other big problem is completely my fault for not doing enough due diligence on the front end. But the uh, insurance for the property, if I were to keep it for myself, the flood insurance, so windstorm and flood combined, was going to be seven thousand eight hundred. Because I was keeping it as a vacation rental, that changed everything. Because it was a vacation rental, that same set of insurance was going to be seventy eight thousand a year. Literally wow. Like times ten.
1: Huge, yeah.
0: So with the insurance exploding on me and then my interest rate going way up and my payments being way more. In hindsight, knowing what I know now, I could have kept that property. And I and I did end up having to get long-term financing. I did get a Fannie Freddie. I was able to get the financing on it just to get out of the expensive construction loan payments. Yeah, But, but I just didn't know, I didn't know what I didn't know and I decided I had to sell it. I could have kept that knowing what I know, what I learned through v- Vodesee. And the numbers would have worked because i could have made so much more revenue off of that than i knew at the time
1: so this property was you know this was this was the first part of 2023 and then you ended Um, up when did you end up deciding to sell that property
0: june 2022 i decided i I knew i needed to sell it but Because Again, because I wasn't part of Odyssey yet, uh, I thought that I had to order furniture like eight months ahead of time because that was the lead times from everyone I was talking to in furniture stores in town at that point. So I had already pulled the trigger on furnishing the whole house that I now am coming to the conclusion, probably falsely, but that I have to sell. So I have a fully furnished house that I'm now going to sell. I put it on the market. I I wasted a couple months trying to sell it with these split share company that they sell it off in shares. I, I did a two-month agreement with them. They tried, they failed. So then it was like September. I put it back on the market with a realtor and got it under contract in like late October. And we closed because of the buyer having a... He was 1031 exchanging. And I kind of preferred to close early 2023 right. because of tax reasons. We ended up waiting till January to close. Okay. I joined Vodice. I want to say that December 2022.
1: There's a lot of a lot of misconceptions that if you're experienced in long term rentals or fix and flip or building or development or, you know, some of these things that deal with single family homes that you understand this asset class as well, because they're they're essentially single family homes and Mm. and that's i i, I and, and i'd love to hear your opinion on this but that, I, I always say that's not the case right these are all very different asset classes and the use and what you're trying to do with them is completely different how you underwrite them how you plan things out what you're really looking for and even though they're single-family homes and you've got 10 years experience in fixing and flipping single-family homes and you understand that market really well this is totally different, right?
0: I was in my own way. Like I even actually reached out to you. I want to say it was somewhere around March 22, some, somewhere in that range, because I had heard of Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, uh, I, I coached little league baseball and uh, another assistant coach had said, Hey, you should really listen to this podcast. I think you'd like it. It was another real estate guy. And, and so I listened to your podcast like, man, I this, this, this guy's right on point with what I'm trying to do. So I reached out to you guys about joining and you had actually told me we had a conversation. You probably don't even remember this, but you told me that I'm probably not a good fit for Vodacy. And at the time, I definitely was not a good fit because I was telling you that Oh, I don't need any help trying to find the right property. Like, I know what I'm doing. In my own headspace, I thought I knew so much more than I actually knew about vacation rental properties. And I had to go through the painful experience of trying to do one on my own and figuring out, like, wait a minute, I'm I'm so inept at this. Like, this is a whole different monster and nothing to do with long-term rentals and real estate in general. It's, so it's I, interesting
1: you bring that conversation up. I don't remember exactly the conversation, but I know I have those conversations a lot with experienced investors mm-hmm. and not for any other reason than just to say, listen, I'm not going to, I don't want to fight the battle of you telling me, you know, you know, you're, you're the, and i always tell people let's try to set our ego aside right and and because we all have one you know we all have an ego we all have expertise in what we're doing but just because you're an amazing fixer flipper or just because you're an amazing businessman or just because you're an amazing physician whatever it is there's times where we think well i've been really successful i can figure this out i don't need you for this this and this i just need this little piece and and with all due respect to a lot of people i've been doing this for a long time and like i probably had the conversation like you're remembering and saying listen eric You know, there's a lot more to this that than you realize right now. You don't know what you don't know. I know you've been an expert in what you're doing, but you might not be the great, a great fit for Vodacy because we're not, we're not receptive enough to say, Hey, listen, I have to, I have to learn the whole process. I have to understand, you know, acquisitions. I have to understand underwriting. I have to understand setting up a unique experience. And a lot of that, is you're like, well, there's a lot of crossover to what I do. I I don't need that. I need this, right? I just need the marketing side, or I just need something else on the back end, right? And it, it's interesting because I have those conversations all the time, and uh, and and many times, it, you know, having that conversation sometimes is a little bit of an eye opener to say, and that's why I want to tell you know in in a nice way, right? But there's yeah. times where you're, you're just really like, nice yeah, sure. I just want to I want to be like, hey, listen, I, I get it. I get that you're where you're at. I was there before too, and. I know that I know that what it takes on the back end. And so it's really awesome to hear that you you remember that conversation. And you know, so I'm curious from that conversation early in, you know, mid mid-2022 to where when we really started working together when when I told you, hey, you might not be the right fit. How'd you receive it? What what decided you you tell me not to screw off and I don't know what I'm talking about and, and go a different way? But like what what like to navigate me through that that decision and kind of move them forward to say, maybe I don't know what I don't know and I want to learn a little bit more about this.
0: Well, at the time, I kinda had the opinion, I was thinking, oh, this is just another one of those gurus online that a guy yeah. just making money, put up a group and charge a bunch of money, and he thinks I'm gonna be too difficult in in the group or something and like I walked away still not receiving the message that yeah it, I did. I still, I just wasn't ready to hear it at the time and and I didn't, didn't know what I didn't know. But by December that year, I'd say like nine months later uh, and continuing to listen to your podcasts and seeing how much I definitely didn't know and, and kind of falling on my face with the first one, I reached back out again. And this time I was ready To be receptive, I'm really glad I did because your group is something very special. Like it's um, extremely unique. I I don't. uh, There's very few people out there that would put in the time because if you know how to do what you know how to do, you could just make a lot of money doing what you know how to do. Like you don't have to have this this group, right? The the group isn't your income. And I now that I'm you know on the inside, I'm just. I'm extremely grateful that it even exists. And It's uh, I know it's really something special.
1: Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. It was it was funny the uh, yesterday. Dave and I were doing a Whiskey Wednesday podcast, and he asked me, you know, what's my favorite part of Odyssey and what we do. And and it's exactly what you just mentioned. It's just the group itself. It's the people that we get to be around every single day. It's the stories we get to hear. It's like just and it's a group of people. I I said this yesterday. It's like this group of people that are willing to roll up their sleeves and and say hey listen i know this isn't always going to be easy i know that i'm going to have challenges and everybody rooting for each other and just wanting to see everybody else succeed it's really fun to be a part of that and that's why and that's why i told dave i said that's why i do it i love it i never would have thought to your point, I never would have thought I would have wanted to do this as long as I have and and grown Vodesee as big as we have. But that just continues to get better and better. And so I'm like, I don't see ever stopping this because I love being a part of a community like that. And, and I mean, by far and away, that's the best part of it to me.
0: I took a little bit of a leap of faith, faith joining it. And since it's been... Uh everything I thought it could be, and then way, way more. It's, it's a, a, a cool group I'm really glad to be part of.
1: So navigate, take us through that property then. So that property sold, we're mm-hmm. saying, okay, I'm still pretty interested in this asset class. Now I want to I learn a little bit more about it. I realized that maybe there, was, there were things that I, that I obviously learned from my past experience, but maybe I could learn from somebody else's past experience as well. We start to run down that road but you didn't give up on the keys, right? We still yeah. said, Hey, listen, we like that area. We love, we wanna, we want to ultimately own a property there. And so take us now through navigating that second purchase and then and, and how this property turned out.
0: Yeah, so I took what I learned from the first you know, failure, plus the the mindset that i am going to listen to everybody that knows a whole lot more than me about this yeah. from the very very start like i'm i'm gonna go do the vodacy pro- process this time i'm not going to pretend like i know how to go get the properties better and, and so this time i just completely follow the system from start to finish uh, before i even looked at my first property i'm um, going through your videos set. Uh, you know, sent, sent over the analysis to Jacob to look at before I put in my offer. And so th- this time it was honestly all the way, start to finish, Listen to every second of everything. And it worked amazing. I, I ended up with revenue exceeding what I thought I was gonna get out of the house that I sold for 3.3 uh, 3 million, out of a house I bought for 1.5 million. So I-, I bought an asset for less than half what I sold the first one for. And now I'm getting revenue coming in higher than I thought the first property was right. capable of getting.
1: And so it, it's been really fun too. And I think that and and I always want to mention like there's there's people that will come in and they they think they know everything or they just they they're like I'm going to use 70% of the process or 60% of the process. Like to your credit, you came in and said, hey I'm going to I'm going to follow this process and you were on i mean I see you on uh, like almost all of my coaching calls, and when you have questions we we get them answered we we, we use the team we, we you know we tap into the resources we bought a really good asset, you followed very much the process of getting it set up to deliver this unique experience right i mean to the and, and you guys that are always listening. We'll post Eric's property on on the show notes. Um, whether you're watching or listening, whatever whatever platform you're on, look in the show notes. And and I always say success leaves clues. But when you go look at the experience that you have created, and you didn't just go say I'm going to buy a property, slap it up on Airbnb. Like to your credit, you followed every step of the process and uh, up into the to ultimately that launch. And like you said, you're exceeding all expectations. And we were talking before we we hit play. Talk, talk to a little, a little bit about that launch, what your calendar looks like, and and what that really you know what that really means because you're now starting to see the fruits of that labor, right? You're starting to see, okay, man, even even though it's a, a brand new launch property. You're essentially, you, you've got a handful of weeks left for the whole year. Yeah, well, for the first half of the year anyway. Yeah, until left. August, yeah, yeah. we're, we're right. in February, yeah. There is one thing that can make or break your success with short-term rentals, and that's your ability to provide your guests with an amazing night's rest. We're taking all of the guesswork out of selecting the perfect mattress system. Personally, I have these custom mattresses in every one of my short-term rentals. We love them so much that we even got them in our own personal homes here in Utah. So visit sleepsystem.com and use the promo code 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 podcast. It's all caps at checkout to get 55% off.
0: Yeah. So we launched uh, the week right before Christmas. Following everything we kind of talked about in the weekly meetings and setting my prices a little lower to to make sure I took advantage of the uh, initial hit, I was able to book out most of January and February fairly quick. And that momentum let me raise prices faster like so as i started booking out i just kept raising the prices Mm -hmm. and now i'm all the way up uh, so i started at 600 a night average i'm all i'm up to 7 uh, 32 a night average using the Price Labs tools. So when I say average, there's weeks in June that I'm I'm booking out for 922 a night, but I'm booked out solid at this point all the way through. I've never had a vacant week since I launched the week before Christmas. So literally with three days before my first week available, it books out and then I've never missed a single week since. And I have only one week in April, one week in May, one week in June, and two weeks in July. So five weeks open all the way through the first week of August and I've got my prices as high as I was hoping they would stabilize at. And I'm right. just two months in on my first year. It did I don't even didn't have to wait, you know, a full year to get there
1: awesome so what a what a difference between property 1 and property 2 and just just understanding and trusting the game right and saying okay this is a pretty fun game to play and again there was a lot of things that you did to have such a successful property to have such a successful launch and 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 I really encourage people to go look at your listing i mean you dialed in everything you needed to dial in you spent the money where you needed to spend it you were diligent about getting the right marketing assets and the right photo shoots at the end so that we could really articulate what we have to offer you know you you invested in the hobie cats and and having that because you're right on the water there and so there's this amazing experience that people can go really enjoy when they go down to the florida keys because it's you know there it's it's kind of just that that really it's that entire quintessential marathon florida experience that you've really put together for those guests and and i love all of those different things that you've done, we've been able to watch it from the sidelines and, and be part of that journey from the very beginning and really see this whole thing come together. And I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that this property was going to be one of the one of the best properties down there. And ultimately the fun part about it is like you said, you you were able to acquire it and be into it for half of what you sold that other property for and ultimately making the, the same type or better revenue ultimately when, because this, this property really hasn't stabilized yet, right? We're, we're still very much in the launch phase days. And so we're probably going to stabilize much higher. Um, This year is probably going to be much better than what you underwrote um, originally, because we always try to be conservative on those first 12 to 18 months on underwriting. And so I'm curious, are you already, are you already hitting those numbers that you underwrote for the first year? Are we still a little bit behind that or we're we're like, where are we at there?
0: I'm really close. I'm within 20 bucks uh, on Price Labs from where I was hoping to stabilize that, right. but I thought it wouldn't be another. I thought it'd be another year before I even right. had a chance <laughs> of getting there. Yeah, like just no. in the last uh, four days, I've gotten two bookings over nine hundred dollars a night, which I I didn't think it was. To contrast it, this was this property was an active vacation rental when mm-hmm. I bought it. This this time, June last year, it was bringing in like three forty a, a night. Yep average. And the same week this year, 922 yeah. a night, same house.
1: And, and I love that you brought that up. Cause I hadn't, I hadn't brought that up in the conversation yet that this was a performing short-term rental. And I, I want, I hope that the listeners are hearing that like there is you can, there are ways to go buy properties right now that are just Frankly, underperforming. Good properties, good locations, good area, and the the revenue potential, they're just not hitting it. And then you come in, you give this, give the property a facelift, you revitalize it, you get the right marketing assets, you do the right things on the on the back end, and ultimately you're getting almost three times what that property was getting the same time last year for those same weeks. It's it's you know, that happens more often than people realize and why i always say right now is a really good time to buy because there's a lot of really good properties that are underperforming and most people don't recognize the underperformance and so you know kudos to you for finding that and not being scared away by the by the revenue that it was generating because because that can be there's this big question mark too when you're when you especially on your first one you're like well you know i'm underwriting this at x and but it's not making that and you know and you look at it and you you kind of wonder that right you're like well you know i got to look at the past performances future performance and that's not always the case it was a leap of faith for sure I, yeah following the
0: modesty process it was like well that it's showing that upscale properties should be bringing in this higher number. But man, it, it, it was definitely a leap of, leap of faith.
1: And, 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 and I'm glad you brought that up because it is, it truly is right. It's it, that's hard to, it's hard to say, man, it's already on the market. It's already on Airbnb. It's already there. I, I'm not changing the location. I'm not changing. A lot of times when we look at it and say, I'm, I'm not changing that much. Am I really going to get double or triple the nightly rate? Just by doing these little things, and um, at the end of the day, you do right. You're yeah. stacking all those yeah. little things that make a huge difference.
0: Yeah, because it's not what you think. What I've learned over the last year of going through this is, it was, which is why I had such a big failure on my first go th- round. Is vacation rentals the the thing that that makes the money has everything to do with experience. Which experience is just a word, and I feel like I don't know, it's 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 hard to explain it in just words. But there there's a an experience piece that after you've seen it unfold kind of almost like the magical Disneyland kind of feel that goes with you know, design and thinking about what the people can do in the place and a lot that goes into that, but that drives everything. And it's yeah. not fancy architecture. It's not uh, it's yep. nothing I thought it was from a house flipping standpoint, I was coming at it so wrong. Like the things I thought to spend money on, we're all not not the things to spend money yep. on. You know, a fancy railing and, and light fixture doesn't make
1: someone have a great experience. And So true. Yep. And you're, you're, we talk about it all the time, like your product in your business is the house, right? That's what your product is. So you're saying, okay, I didn't, you know, all the things that you have to pay attention to because your product is the house is different than what we pay attention to on what when we're setting up, a short-term rental because our product is an experience and you're exactly right. It's just a word and it's very cliche at this stage. We've been talking about it for a long time that we're trying to sell that experience. Like people are buying an experience, not a property. And so we have to be able to put that together. And it, you're, you're exactly right. It is hard to articulate and it's hard to kind of explain that until you go through the process, but you get it now and you understand it because you can kind of see it and feel it coming to come into fruition once you once you put it all together right and yeah. and the guest understands that as well and that's the thing by it's one thing to curate the experience but then that next piece is being able to actually articulate the experience, and and so there's there's these different layers of things that you have to do to ultimately come out and have a property that was the same property last year. This year is getting tripled the nightly rate in the same month. Once you do it, you're like, okay, makes sense, right? Like now the next one, you're like, yeah, totally get it, right? You're not gonna you're not gonna question it as much because now you've seen it come to action.
0: Well, I'm really excited on this next one to take my skill set of house flipping, yeah, but bring it. To this world, the correct way, and not yeah. put the money in the wrong thing.
1: Right. So it's been fun to look for property number two because I see the potential in a totally different way. Are you staying in the same area? What does property number two look like? Are you guys gonna? You, you feel like hey, you I, we're we're having success here. We're gonna we're gonna go duplicate
0: for sure. Uh, same market. I want to I want to duplicate. Uh, so Captain's Quarters. Then is the name of the house we already have. I want to have. I don't know if it'll be Captain's Quarters 2 or maybe Captain's Hideaway. I'll definitely work with Mike to try to figure that branding piece out. But I want to have probably three to four uh, in the same area and and just expand on what I'm already doing. Uh, The other piece I haven't really got figured out all the way yet, and I'm really excited about figuring it out, is marketing, Uh, you're doing the Facebook ads and building a following with the Maximizer software. And I think having multiple properties to leverage that with, with the same kind of brand to them, really
1: be powerful absolutely and and being able to cross promote being able to generate some leads because the biggest challenge that you're going to have right now with with paid ads is I, i mean we need to be building that audience but every single person who inquires the answer is going to be it's already booked it's already booked and that can be frustrating when you're spending money to generate business on a property that's booked out as often as yours is, and so having a bigger portfolio, uh, you know, it, to be able to cross promote can really help with that direct booking piece. The direct booking piece is super important. The you know the issue when you have a uber successful property is you're spending money on paid ads, and every you know you're really not you're really not getting a return on that ad spend immediately because your property's booked out solid. Right. You're really just paying to build a list, if you will, of people to stay top of mind to communicate with for future bookings. But sometimes that's a little frustrating. And so just, you know, that knowing that that's the next step for you, it's also one of those steps that we probably would say, let's pause for just a minute because this property has launched so successfully and we're booked out so far that it's going to, you know, ultimately you're going to generate business. You're going to generate inquiries. We know how to do that for you. And you're, you've got a great asset and the marketing pieces to do it. The problem is you don't have the inventory, right? Your calendar's booked. There's nothing to sell them. For that reason, we might have to wait a little bit and until we have a little bit like maybe property number two, number three, before we really implement a direct booking strategy, because there's just not, you know, like, again, it, it's been so successful on the launch. So there's just nothing to sell. So Eric on this with, you know, this is, this is awesome. And I, I again, the, the, I just kind of want to direct people to go look at your list, right? Go check out the listing, go, you know, just, there's a lot of things to unpack with it. You will notice that the minute you open it and the minute you see it, and you will say, yeah, I can see why this property is doing really, really well. And in all of these different things we're talking about, there are all these little things of creating a great experience, picking the right property in the right market, putting together and and designing it around that experience, ultimately being able to articulate that experience. All those things are stacking on to be become the, you know, the results are the success that you're having on the launch, the bookings, the, the increased nightly rate from where it was to where it is now. And so all of the those things, just go look at the listing, you guys that are listening, and and really just check it out. And if there's if there's one or two of those weeks available, go stay in the property. Sometimes that's a that's a really good a really good way to like go unpack and reverse engineer other things as well. I love staying in top properties for that exact reason. So, um, Eric, as we wrap up. I always ask, you know, at the end of every episode, as we kind of wrap up one, I really appreciate you sharing the journey and and sharing the, you know, being, you know, honest enough about and vulnerable enough to say, Hey, listen, I was, I was the guy that was like, I thought I knew everything. Right. And I had, I wasn't ready to receive any messages. And we talked about some of the struggles with that, but then also being able to say, Hey, I'm going to set it aside and go, go follow a, a path that is that you know, not that, I mean, there's a lot of really good paths out there. I'm not just saying that we have the only path to follow, but you ultimately said, hey, I'm going to go learn this process. And now you're seeing the fruits of that labor and the results of that. But as you look back, you know, and and could give yourself some advice and say, if I could do it again, I know that we talked about that kind of lesson. Are there any other lessons that you would give your younger self to say, you know, before you dive into this, I wish I would have known this, or I wish I would have done this.
0: So my younger self, if I were to go back to my late twenties, early thirties, uh, had this idea that you just follow a process and then you get the reward. right? I read the Robert Kiyosaki books. Like, yeah. All I need to do is go out and I'm going to buy this rental property and I'm going to re- do the Burr method on it. And I'll do that over and over and I'll be able to retire when I'm like 40. So I went off with that mindset and I go start down that journey and then obstacles come up. And each obstacle I would view as like, oh man, like now I got to deal with this. And it it was always like, I felt like a setback almost like I'm so unlucky. How did this, why did this a thousand different things come up in real estate and any, whether it's vacation rentals or flips or whatever. But I've learned through time that as a, anything in real estate or an investor, you're, what you're bringing to the table is you're a problem solver solver. And you should expect those challenges to hit you. You know, up front, you do your due diligence, due diligence the best you can. You know, you read the books, you find out what you can, and then you go at go at it. But then expect that the journey is part of part of what it is. I, the it, it wouldn't be nearly as nice to get to a spot where you're financially free if the journey along the way didn't present challenges that you had to right. overcome. It's a game, and right. if you don't see it that way, uh, when you're in the middle of the game, it can be miserable or it can be fun, right? You can see it as challenges to overcome and really take it head on, expect it and enjoy it instead of feel, feeling love. sorry for yourself because of all the bad things that happened to you.
1: Right. Because they're going to happen, right? I mean, it is it is what it is. And you're exactly right. I love that advice. And it's is to say, you know, it's not... It, it, how fun would it be when you win a game that was just easy for you right you know, we've all played anybody who's played a sporting event like when you play the best team and you beat them it's really rewarding because it was a, it was a battle the whole time when you play an inferior team and you beat them by 30 or 40 it, it's not that fun it's like we got the win but it's like it, it's nowhere near as rewarding because we were just better anyways it was an easier game right and i love the advice of you know there's going to be problems along the way one of the things i've, I've heard and, and really latched on to was you know the bigger problems you solve the more money you make and so welcome challenges welcome problems be you know be willing to be a problem solver because the bigger the problems, the more problems you have, the better you come become at solving them, the more money you ultimately are going to make. Right. The, and so and, and I've always I've always like loved that, you know, that thought process as well to say when I have a problem looking at it a little bit different way, like, hey, I figure this one out. And we figure out how to solve it. The bigger and better we're going to be on the other side of it. And so love that piece of advice as well. And uh, because they're going to be there. And it, it's a matter of just continuing to run down that road and, and figuring out. And we want to try to, you know, and, and ultimately, like I always say, I can't I can't help somebody avoid the dragon around the corner, but I can show them how to beat the dragon because we've had to beat it before them, Right. And so that's one thing yeah. about having somebody that's been down the road a few steps ahead of you is like, hey, the first time you see the dragon, you're going to be really scared. But let me tell you, I know how to, I know how to beat that dragon and I'm going to tell you exactly how to do it. And so dragon's still going to be there, but hopefully we can make it easier to beat. Him. Awesome, Eric. Well, listen, man, I really, really appreciate your time. You know, this has been, these, these are my favorite types of conversations. I love doing these podcasts and I'm always so grateful that people like you are willing to get on and share their story because it's so nice to hear that for listeners or somebody just listen to somebody else that's a few steps ahead of them. Relate to somebody, some of the things that you've gone through, somebody else is going through right now. So I'm always really, really grateful when, you, when you're able to join us and share those stories. And so thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate it. And those of you that are listening, we always know how valuable your time is and we do appreciate you spending it with us and so i always ask you two favors at the end of every episode the first one is if you know somebody else who would love these types of episodes that's diving into the short-term rental world share the show and uh, those things help us spread the word if you have more than 30 seconds and you love the show like it review give us a give us a thumbs up on whatever platform you're watching on and then the final thing and the most important thing that i always ask you at the end of every episode is for you to go pick that one thing that you can do today start building that life you don't want to take a vacation from cheers my friends
0: Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Vacation Rental Revolution podcast. Share this with other people you think need to hear about it. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. Hey Grace, is there a website? Yes! For more amazing content and expert advice, visit bodicey.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.